you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. Welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to talk about what attachment has to do with communication. Because you might notice that some people avoid conversations, other people aggressively attack conversations, and yet there's other people that just kind of chill and can have communication and hear both people's sides and everything in between. Depending on our underlying attachment styles, our beliefs and values about the world, we respond to conversations, especially hard topics, in different ways. And in the episode, The Secret Behind Creating a Love That Lasts with Any Attachment Style, episode 37 on Relationships Like the Podcast, we review the attachment styles in a relationship. For more on attachment, go back to see that episode because we're not going to go over them all today. In this episode, we're going to look at common communication patterns that arise due to our attachment styles. I understand the pain caused by different communication styles. Some partners feel like they're walking on eggshells around their partners. Other partners feel like they're not being heard. And some partners feel desperate for connection. The goal of this episode is to help you understand why you might feel some of these different things and how to overcome those obstacles so you can have clear communication that you feel loved with, with your partner. Insecure attachments, these are the people that are usually low in anxiety in relationships and low in avoidance in relationships. They feel usually very close and comfortable with intimacy and they don't really obsess about the relationship. They want to be close and they can be apart from their partner. They're very comfortable with both. Then we have people who have anxious attachment styles. These are people that are usually really don't like avoidance and they can have big anxiety about the relationship. This often means they deeply, deeply want connection to their partner and they have a number of big fears about their needs not being met. And maybe they're fearful that their partner might leave them in favor of somebody better. We have people that can be avoidant and these are people that are usually low. They don't have a lot of anxiety, but what they are is high in avoidance. These are the kind of people that you know, kind of feel odd when they're in really close relationships. They like autonomy and freedom. And it's like there's this sense of them that wants to be separate or free that sometimes can be difficult to put even into words. The last attachment style that there is is called anxious avoidant. We're not going to go over that one today. So see that other podcast episode if you want to learn more about that one. Now, based on each person's comfort with closeness and how much anxiety they have, they're going to have different attachment. And our attachment comes from our temperament that we're born with, our families of origin, that that beautiful blend of nature and nurture and the life events that happen along the way. So we're going to have different attachment styles. And our partner, a lot of the time, is going to have a different one than we do. And naturally, that's going to cause some problems in communication. So let's explore what attachment has to do with communication and different kinds of communication that we'll see in different attachment styles. 
At the heart of attachment styles are the core fear about our needs not being met, but the needs are different based on different attachment styles. When our attachment is activated, when when a trigger activates something about that core fear, we go into fight, flight, or freeze. The fight, flight, or freeze response is a normal response in the face of danger. Imagine you're walking out on the street and a car comes shooting by just as you go to put your foot on the sidewalk. (gasps) Suddenly a shot of adrenaline goes coursing through your nervous system and you step back from the curb without even thinking. Your heart rate is accelerated, you feel short of breath, you're trembling, you're shaking. This is the fight, flight, freeze response in action. You don't have to think about it, it's automatic. And just exactly in the same way that it goes off automatically as if we're about to step out in the street and a car whizzes by, it happens just that fast due to reactions by our partner. Except for whatever reason, we're not that good at noticing what it's happening in our bodies. And so we're not always even aware that we've been triggered or we've been activated into this fight, flight, or freeze response. Now we can also call this fight, flight, freeze response, the surrender, avoid, or overcompensate response. Here is what that means. So fight is the overcompensation response. Avoid is going to the flight response and surrender is the freeze response. And so based on how our nervous system is activated in that moment, we're going to do one of those styles. Now, here's the thing. When we're not activated, we're not even thinking. We're just doing. It's like autopilot. It is survival has kicked in. And when our attachment triggers are activated, it is like survival is kicking in and we're starting to do very pattern things. And so in this episode, we're going to explore what the pattern things are, how to bring your awareness to them so you can begin to change them. So let's imagine this. Consider that you have an anxious attachment style and you believe the relationship is doomed. It's going to come to an end. That could be because something has happened or you just woke up feeling that way. This might leave you feeling desperate to talk or you might be flooded with reasons that your partner shouldn't pick you. If you're believing and you're thinking all of those things in any given moment, what do you imagine that would mean for you? What would, how would you communicate if you're believing that your partner is going to leave you? So just think. How would you communicate if you thought that to be true? Would you sit down calmly and express yourself? Now, perhaps if this person is calm and not activated, they might be like, oh, okay, these fears aren't true. But in that moment of activation, they're going to behave in either the surrender, the avoid, or the overcompensatory response. So for example, an overcompensation response in response to an anxious activation could be something like this. It could be acting out aggressively or hostile, repeatedly trying to make contact either by calling, text message, Facebooking, Instagram, or trying to manipulate the situation, do anything to get the connection restored. Often when the person who is anxious is doing these things, it could come off blamey or aggressive or intense and confusing. The goal of the behaviors by the person who is anxious and activated is to prevent the feared outcome from coming true. And in this case, the feared outcome is this person leaving, this person not wanting you. And so they're they're trying to do everything to, to reestablish connection. Now, what is an avoidance response in anxiety? An avoidance response to an anxious attachment system is to distract yourself, to not be present, to not date, to not be in the relationship or to use substances to try to eradicate your distress. And lastly, if you're surrendering to the what the attachment system is saying, the anxious attachment system is saying, you might not do anything. Rather than say how you feel and express your needs and communicate in a loving way, you might just not express how you feel. You might not bring up anything. You might just try to go with the flow and try to suppress your anger or resentments. 
You might stay in a relationship where your needs aren't being met. So these are just some examples, certainly not exhaustive of what could be happening. Let's compare that to an anxious attachment style and what would be different if they are triggered or activated. So there's a different set of beliefs beliefs that come with having an avoidant attachment style. They're more likely to be thinking about how their partner isn't compatible, how they don't feel like they have enough freedom, or maybe even how their partner has malicious intentions. And they might even believe that like there's a perfect partner out there idealizing something else. Because they have different thoughts and fears, their coping responses are going to be different in the face of surrender, overcompensation, or avoidance. When they are activated, when their fight, flight, freeze response is going off, they will intuitively, naturally, automatically behave differently than the person who has an avoidant attachment style. Because of their different core fears, let's go through what this might look like. So let's imagine a person who has an avoidant attachment style is trying to avoid this belief. They're likely going to avoid being vulnerable and they're gonna avoid sharing their truth, building trust, and they might keep secrets because they're trying to avoid being vulnerable if it's true that their partner isn't compatible or they don't have enough freedom. Consider if they're gonna flip into what might be their overcompensating response. They might hurt other people before they can be hurt. Or perhaps a response to surrendering might be the belief that leads them to pick partners that actually make some of these things come true. So maybe they do pick partners that makes them feel like they don't have enough freedom or partners who do treat them poorly. So the surrendering belief is, is basically an action of choosing a partner who demonstrates the qualities that you are most fearful of. So these are just to give you some ideas, certainly not exhaustive lists. Not everyone who has these attachment styles is going to do these things just examples. And the goal here is to help you understand that we all have triggers and we can all be activated due to our partner's behavior because of some like some life circumstance or something we believe our attachment is telling us. The goal here is to get better at identifying our triggers, what's happening inside us. And the more we can see how our triggers influence how we communicate, the more we can practice pausing and considering, okay, this is what my attachment beliefs are. This is what happens to me when I'm activated. How can I pause, slow this down and consider? Let's imagine, do I know somebody in my life who I believe has a solid, effective way to communicate? Do I know someone that maybe has a secure attachment style? If so, what other ways could I behave? By understanding our triggers and choosing to communicate more effectively, we can generate the communication tools we need to cultivate a long lasting love. You can turn your vulnerabilities, whether it's avoidance or anxiety, into strengths. By learning communication tools to honor your vulnerabilities and learn how to express them in ways that honor your core needs and dreams and be respectful of your partner's core needs and dreams. Just because we have an attachment style does not mean it's a life sentence. We can use these things to become strengths. Let's explore the difference in securely attached partners. So many people with secure attachment believe that their needs and dreams are worth expressing, that you should tell people what you need and what you want. And they also have a belief that their needs will generally be met in a validating and loving way. They also have beliefs that I like the sentence and I heard it, I don't even know where it comes from, but it's saying what you mean, meaning what you say and not being mean. To me, that summarizes communication in a securely attached way. And sometimes I think, saying what you mean, meaning what you say, and even communicating a difficult message in a loving way. 
If you believe these things about yourself, how do you imagine you would communicate? If you believed your your dreams and your needs were worth expressing, if you believed that people would respond to them, how would that change how you showed up when you were trying to get your message across? You can learn new communication skills, even if it feels hard. I'm thinking right now about the saying about old dogs and can they learn new tricks? I can't remember right now. Is it old dogs can't learn new tricks or old dogs can? Either way, I like to think if you give the dog the right treat, it, it probably will learn a new trick. Key things to take away from this episode is understanding how you respond when you're activated by your partner and the behaviors you engage in when your core needs are not being met. Then consider, if you believe that your needs and dreams were worth expressing and you believed your partner would be loving and validating, how would you communicate that? Yeah, I know, your partner might not be loving and validating now, but if they were, how would you speak? And by considering these ideas, you're paving the path to change your communication patterns, no matter your attachment style. Yep, because of our history, our temperaments, our life experiences, our current partners, we might have an attachment style. That's okay, totally okay, so normal. It doesn't mean that you are destined forever to behave in these pattern reflexive ways. Without intentional effort and working towards change, well, you might. And even with effort and intention, it can be hard to change these things. But I know just by listening to this episode, that you care about communication and you're looking for someone to pour belief into and your ability to overcome some of the hurdles and do things differently. So by practicing new techniques, trial and oh gosh, a lot of error, picking yourself back up and practicing again will lead to different results over time. By practicing, 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 practicing and just being consistent with the communicator you wish to become. So I believe in you and go consider How would you communicate if your needs and dreams were worth being met and you believed that your partner would be loving and validating if you communicated? How would you communicate if all those things were true? And go maybe start practicing that, trying it out as a little life experiment. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.